All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza and affiliated with Big Cat Country. This is episode 70, and I am Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. Sorry for the technical difficulties and the hiatus after the awesome Steelers win, so we'll take about one second to celebrate that, and uh, that was wonderful. And now we're back to today's uh, suck fest, the Jaguars' 27-17 loss to the Rams. So, Derek, how are you feeling after that game? Man, I'm pretty pissed off. I'm just going to say it pretty upset yet again lackluster showing by Bortles uh for Nets hurt not sure the extent to that injury special teams sucks stinks really bad and so you know it, it it uh and we can't win at home you got defensive players that are playing their hearts out and the rest of the team you know we're if our team was a three-legged stool, we've got one leg right now. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see the clip of uh, Jalen Ramsey, like his expression after Jason Myers had missed that field goal? <laughs> it's, it, it's one thing if you miss a field goal because the kickers aren't perfect, okay? Although there's some pretty good ones in this league, they're not perfect. But that face is, come on, guys, not again. You know, I'm telling you what's going to happen. Not all these players that we have, especially on defense, have to resign with us. They can become free agents, Okay. Franchise tags, you can only tag one player per season. And a lot of these guys we need to re-sign, like Telvin, Ramsey in a few years, Ngakwe in a few years, Fowler if he keeps going at the same pace in a few years. A lot of these guys are, you know, they were picked in the same draft. So, um, Telvin could easily say, you know what, guys, I'm not re-signing, no thank you. I'm going to play out my last year and test the free agent waters. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I think this game perfectly cemented my kind of lingering thought that Dave Caldwell has to be fired after this season. I mean, you want to talk about two major pieces of the team that are important to last second victories or come from behind victories when it comes to a kicker at the end of a game, when it comes to a quarterback needing to make plays to, to bring a team back. Neither of those did we have today. Zero confidence in either of those guys. And I mean, I, to me, I mean, it just falls on Caldwell, period. I think Coughlin just needs to start fresh, get rid of him, find a new kicker, find a new quarterback, and just we'll go from there. But I think, and I know this is going to become kind of a hate talk podcast after the loss, but I mean, honestly, it's just, it's gotten so old, particularly when you have so much optimism um, that you, you just can't believe that we're still dealing with stuff like this, especially at home again. I mean, you've got to be kidding me, but... Back to Jason Myers, I mean, one of three would have been much worse if you include the kicks he missed because of the the penalties. Not good. I mean, I don't see how they don't cut this guy and find a replacement in the next few days. Hey, and you know what? You know, fans that are are still interested in the Jags after the whole debacle that's been happening over the last month, which we'll get into that here in a second, um, game's got three phases, offense, defense, special teams. I said it in the preseason. I said it last year, and I'm going to keep saying it. Special teams is just as important as the other two. And today, we lost a game because of special teams. What was the final score, Corey? 27-17, right? Yeah. Take the kickoff return and the block punt touchdowns away. What's the final score? 17-13. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. 17-13. I thought the special teams coordinator we have is supposed to be some special teams guru genius at DeCamillas, right? Isn't he supposed to be the guy? The only thing he's special is the fact that he, he got he, he got his special butt kicked today, okay? And the, along with the rest of the guys on special teams, all right? He, first of all, the spin move that the guy made in runs 103 yards for a touchdown. 
Then on the blocking assignments, on the block punt for first, first down, first of all, you're supposed to be at max protection. They weren't at max protection that deep in the own side of the field. You, you don't, that wasn't, the Rams didn't get lucky. They knew that. It was planned. You could tell. That's coaching. So you got all these years of experience and, and, and Coughlin and coaching staff that, you know, they, they, they have all this you know expertise behind them. And you got a young 31-year-old that just kicked your butt. Just, just, just stating a fact. Yeah, that punt block for a touchdown was a total game changer, too. I mean, that totally killed the uh, the entire vibe of the game. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it, was, it wasn't lucky. It was planned. They knew it. They knew what to do. They knew exactly what to do. Because that guy came free like no tomorrow. Now, it could have been a miscue because I did see 55. I can't think of his name. But I saw him kind of. You know, wavering around like uh, he turned around like, uh oh, you know, so who knows what he was really supposed to do, what his assignment was. But it doesn't matter at that side of the field. When you're that deep in your own territory, you should be at max protection. And what I mean by max protection is your gunners should be in on the line of scrimmage because they could be coming after the punt. And, oh, but what about the return? Well, first you got to get the punt off. Then you worry about the return. So you got to take one step before you get to the next. I tell you, I have had such a kind of Pollyanna uh, thought process when it comes to Blake Bortles over time in terms of wanting to just give him a an extra opportunity, you know, just more time to develop and that he was good and it would play out in the end that he would, you know, turn out to be, you know, not as bad as everybody thinks and – I think I am finally at the point in terms of turning the page and that he is just not good. I mean, we cannot depend on him whatsoever. Two fumbles, another interception. The interception was crucial. The fumbles are just stupid. Batted balls like crazy. I just, he's not good. And there's no chance that, I mean, the team has no chance if we get behind and and it depends on him. Just no chance whatsoever. Two things. One, um, you know, because of the, New addition to the family. I'm not able to uh, attend games at the, at the present time, but you know the, that'll that'll pass soon. And I'm sitting there talking to my wife, and I said, "Watch this. See, it's they're down by seven. This is when Bortles messes up. Okay, this is when he's really gonna do something dumb, and it's gonna cost us. And that's when he threw the interception on that out on the route to Mercedes where he threw it high. Mercedes tipped it, trying to make a play, and it was picked off. You know, for those that say, oh, well, Mercedes shouldn't have tipped it, just let it pass. Yeah, shut up, okay? Just shut up. Because it was high, <laughs> and he, Mercedes is trying to make a play. You know, that's the, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, I don't know if y'all have noticed, but Bortles only knows how to throw four or five routes. Go route. Drag route, running back screen, running back swing. Oh, well, Marquise Lee had some catches. Yeah, he did. They were all drag routes coming across the formation. Very easy for him. That's all he knows how to throw. He can't throw anything else. He can't throw out routes. He can't throw comeback routes. He can't throw back shoulder routes because he throws them too late. Easy to defend when your quarterback's that limited. Yeah, which was the route that we were talking about beforehand that you said that he just never throws anymore at all? Because I, I, I don't even know really the names of all the different types of routes, but I specifically, as soon as you mentioned it, it really caught my attention because it was it was the one where the, it seems like the defensive players would just sort of run in front of it each time. It's There's so many variations of it. It can be a hitch. It can be a, a comeback. It can be an out, like a 12-yard you know, out. 
you know, they call it 12 yards because they want to make sure you're past the first down marker. So the whole concept behind that is is to throw it before the receiver turns. So then when he turns, the ball's there. But the problem is Bortles eyes down and stares down the receiver so much. So by the time he throws it, the defensive back isn't really looking at the receiver. He's looking at Bortles. So he just keys on that, and then he just sits on it, and then he jumps it. So Bortles doesn't throw those anymore. I haven't seen him throw a single one. And the go routes, I mean, the the, the stupid comment that Marone made about, oh, well, or or whatever the OC's name is. Hackett. Or whatever, or yeah. Nathaniel Hackett, sorry. About, oh, well, we still got to show that we can throw it, although we know we might not be able to complete it, or whatever he said. That's the dumbest stuff I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's just dumb. It's dumb. Oh, we still got to show we can throw it. He can't complete it. We haven't completed one yet. Now, I tell you, this is the this game was the closest that he's come to completing one. Yeah. But, it, it, oh, I'm sorry. He did throw some jump balls to Mercedes in the end zone against, uh, against the uh, Ravens when we were in London. Because Mercedes is six six, and all he's got to do is throw it up high, and that plays into his favor because he throws everything high. So <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent play to call every time. Then probably, yeah. yeah B- Bortles is v- extremely limited. It just sucks, and especially the moment. And I haven't even. I mean, maybe you've seen. I don't know what the uh, the assessment is on Fournette's injury, but the moment in which he came limping up, and it, it definitely looked like he got hurt on that play. I mean, immediately, I I kind of you know, clenched my fist and, and just put my head down because uh, once he started limping off, especially, I mean, it, you want to talk about the worst, maybe top five worst moment in my entire life was right at that moment. <laughs> because if he goes down, the season's over pretty much. I mean, when you have non-contact like he did, which means nobody touched him, he just got hurt on the cut. Hopefully nothing's wrong. So prayers, blessings, hoping that everything's okay. Uh, that just stinks. You know, he's out there working his butt off. You know, it's just so sad that we're depending on a 22-year-old rookie or 21-year-old rookie, not sure how old he is, because our quarterback's so bad. You know, I don't know. And and, and here's another thing, too. The offensive line, actually, they, they, they did okay. You know, they, they did fairly well, you know, considering how offensive line play has been in the NFL these last couple of years. Defense have gotten stronger and faster. They did okay. I mean, I don't know if they need to just... If they need to keep with the same format and move when I'm, when and I'm having a brain fart here because I'm so ticked off, but <laughs> when Linder comes back, move him back to guard. The guy that's been playing center actually hasn't been doing half bad. Everybody's gonna get beat. You can't stonewall every single body. Uh, nobody has the fortune of just having the Cowboys' offensive line. They're, they're, the old line's not doing too bad. So this this comes down to just quarterback. It's amazing how. The team is holding on to one position because for whatever stupid reason, and it's costing fans. It's costing the team. You know, everybody's just getting killed. Here's a thought. You know, now that uh, we were talking about this beforehand as well, now that Colin Kaepernick is going to sue the league, is maybe we give him a shot and you know maybe avoid uh, having to pay out on that lawsuit. <laughs> fat, fat chance. Fat chance. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I don't even care anymore. Too much of the good old boy network. We're 45 minutes north or uh, south of Georgia, and that's all I'm going to say. That's the reason why he's not here. Plain and simple, end of story. It has nothing to do with his football skill. It has nothing to do with, oh, we don't think he would fit. Anybody would fit besides Bortles. Anyone that could have some type of, you know, right mind. And for people that, you know, oh, well, he's a spoiled little punk, yada, yada, yada. You don't know anything. Again, so shut up. 
Okay, when you talk about players, and uh, and I'm gonna go off a little bit off tangent, but players that are sticking up for him, like Richard Sherman, like Marshawn Lynch, you know, those two guys are always targeted when they speak, and and when they do speak, because they hate the media, but you know, they stick up for Kaepernick, and they say, and Richard Sherman especially, oh well, he's da 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 da, -da, and he's definitely better than Bortles. Well, he's right. He is better than Bortles. Ten times better than Bortles. And I, I saw some Facebook comments of well, Richard Sherman's just another punk in the league. Yeah, a punk with a degree from Stanford. Right. Okay, more educated than your cornbread behind. All right. So um, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I get sick of. Well, first of all, I'll make a comment on the banner that flew overhead. I don't know if you saw the picture or not, but they had the banner out there. Some moron paid actual money, actual U.S. currency to have an airplane fly a banner over top of the stadium that said something about be American, uh, boycott the Jags and the NFL. First of all, that money could have, I would imagine, gone to a much better place such as a charity or a veterans group like Wounded uh, Warriors or something of that nature rather than flying that dumb banner that nobody cared about. The thing that drives me crazy about people's opinions related to Kaepernick and the kneeling and everything else is I and I've seen this a lot lately is the thug comment like I don't know I tend to believe in freedom of speech being that we live in the United States and not North Korea and people using that thug word you know that I can't believe these spoiled thugs and and, and I don't know. There just seems to be a lot of racial connotation to that particular word. And I called somebody out on it and I said, you know, who, so the players kneeling for the Jaguars, who let's, let's get really specific. Like what makes them thugs? And this person responds, well, they're criminals. And, and I was like, in, in what way? Like, what are you referring to? And, and, and they're like, you know, criminal records, they have criminal records. I'm like, specifically which players and which, <laughs> what criminal records are you referring to? And then needless to say, that person ended up deleting their comment. But I, it, it really has nothing to do with the politics and it has everything to do with racism. I mean, it just does. I mean, it's just plain and simple. It's it's so blatantly obvious and like code words like thug and acting like the kneeling and everything has anything to do with the military. And again, the Jaguars spend practically just as much time on Sunday uh, honoring military veterans as they do with the actual football game. I mean, every single break in the action, they're honoring a veteran or they're putting some kind of uh, military affiliated um, video on the screen or, you know, we're tuning into a soldier in Iraq or Afghanistan who just wants to say go Jags or there's a military family running on the field. Like, give me a break. It's it's racism. It's it's very easy to, to see. And man, that's just the that's just how I look at it. I think it's just a bunch of coded language to to kind of get to a point that they don't actually want to say. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're afraid to say it, you know. So if if all of them, if Kaepernick's not good enough to play on this team, then that's fine. Okay, we move on. But he is good enough to play on this team. Absolutely, and, and he would help this team win ball games. And and we're talking about this guys because our quarterback is trash. We're not going to get Eli. He has a no trade clause and he doesn't want to come here. So when when you look at everything that's that that's going on with our team, that is the center problem. That is the nucleus of our problem. It's the quarterback position and there's a guy available that a team could pick up and you know people say he's a criminal but back to football, man, bottom line, he can help our team win. Bortles cannot help our team win. And this season's lost, and we'll figure it out next year. Well, like I said, hopefully we'll uh, 
we'll take a look at investing some money in, in the slightest opportunity of, of possibly signing Kaepernick to avoid maybe paying out in a lawsuit, or maybe uh, Shad Khan can request his $1 million donation to Donald Trump and use that money to sign a quarterback instead. So, hey, and, um, and, and I'll tell you another thing too, by the way, veteran players that get traded or, you know, might be washed up. There's a washed up guy in Arizona that had 26, 28 carries for 130 yards and two touchdowns today. Yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. So, Hey, I'm just saying, and in the Arizona looks like a completely different team than they have the first four or five weeks of the season. Completely different team. Speaking also of a veteran that's making, obviously has made a huge impact on us is Calais Campbell with two sacks today. I mean, that guy just seems like he was a genius pickup. Colossal. Colossal. He doesn't come here without, without uh, Coughlin. If Coughlin's not here, he doesn't come here. I don't. We can't prove that, but that's just my theory. Yeah. You know, everybody's saying, "Oh, it was Denver. Oh, it was Jacksonville," and he just had his agent pick one, basically, or whatever. No way. He doesn't come here without without a Coughlin being here. And the final step in making it a Coughlin-led organization fully in the off season is to get rid of Dave Caldwell, go a different direction actually find a franchise quarterback, whether it be through free agency or the draft, uh, especially to compliment our new running back um, who is elite, <laughs> which is nice to say, and a kicker. I mean, I, I don't even know what we can do about either of those positions. I mean, I know we talk about Kaepernick and everything at this point, but I, we might just be screwed at this point for this season at least, um, which is still pretty disappointing just because of the fact that the defense is so awesome. You know, you talk about a one-legged stool um, there's very few pieces to make it a three-legged stool, and it just sucks that we're only what like four or five. Uh, what? How, how, what's this? Week six, six, uh, yeah. six games in, mm-hmm. and uh, we essentially probably have no chance. Yeah, we we uh, we we don't. Um, JK three talked about it uh, earlier before the season even started when we were recording in the preseason, basically saying the two positions that we didn't upgrade or didn't create competition will be our downfall. Mm-hmm. He, he, he specifically yeah. made that comment, and I couldn't agree with him more, although I don't agree with him much of the time. It, it amazes me how front office doesn't see that. Any other team in the National Football League that has that kind of mediocre quarterback play, they would have gone somewhere else complete 180. Complete 180. The Houston Texans, although, yes, they did have a backup as a rookie, it took them two quarters to figure it out. Two quarters. Cleveland, it took them three or four games to figure it out. We're on, you know, that Kaiser wasn't an answer. They needed to go a different direction. Where are we at? So he started stinking really last year. So that's 16 games. And now we're six games in. So we're, what, 20, 22 games? Yeah. He's really stunk it up. And, uh, and even before that. So you might even be able to go 24, 26 games. And we're still trying to get better and improve, as Gus Bradley used to say. Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely think that the team should do a better job of winning at home. But I also kind of have to call, you know, being at the game today, I kind of have to call out Jacksonville a little bit. I mean, that crowd was kind of weak. It's pretty quiet. I mean, I think it, when I looked on Twitter on the way home, it said it was the. Uh, the lowest crowd, or at least the, the smallest crowd since Shotcons took over uh, since like 2009 or something, which is kind of surprising considering it's a such a big game, uh, particularly with two teams that were, I think the Rams were in first place as well. 
Um, so a little shocking. I don't know if that has anything to do with the stupid boycott thing. I mean, it possibly could have. I think there was like a five or six thousand uh, difference in in uh, overall attendance uh, was the, uh, the the figure. But um, but anyway, so that uh, you know, I don't know. I just I thought it was kind of quiet, and and people who left early. Um, it was, I mean, even at the end when we still had that shot with Myers to kick the field goal. And then possibly try to get the ball back and score. I mean, people were leaving even before we even got to that point. It's like, come on. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm all for people buying tickets and doing what they want to do, but it's like, come on, guys. Like, this is the. I mean, yes, the team has not played particularly well at home, and yes, we have had our struggles, but I mean, you gotta stick it around, be a little bit louder, show up. I mean, where were the fans today? We live in a town where there are some true fans. There are some true Jacksonville Jaguar fans out there. And we on this podcast applaud you because we are right there with you and we want to see the team succeed. Then there are some fans that they go along with the fad. What's cool? That's it. There's a bunch of followers. No leaders. I can think of three people I know on my timeline on on social media that are professionals in this community and actually give a crap about the team. And they comment on every update and after every game, before every game, and they post about different things, whatever's on their mind. We don't have enough of that. And that's the reason why if the Steelers came to town, you'd see half the terrible towels, you know, because they're going to stick by their team no matter what. Yeah, you know, Roethlisberger's playing poor, but guess what? If the, if that game's in Jacksonville, you have 78,000 people at the stadium, 30 of them are going to be Steeler fans, mm-hmm. hands down even if Roethlisberger's playing for right. because they care about their team. And, 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 and you know, I, I guess the, the, the old, uh, you know, people, the new, new new term is old heads. I guess the old heads of the NFL, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe this is just a college football town. Maybe it'll never grow like it should because not because of the team, not because of the product, but because of the people. Yeah. Well, like you said, when the, when the Florida Georgia game gets here, no matter how those teams are playing, that place will be completely packed. So, well, it's de- it, historically when Georgia's good, it's more crowd. It's more crowd. Excuse me. It, there's more people because the fans will come down from Georgia, and you know if Georgia wins, they stay overnight, and that's where the city gets the big revenue jump. That's one weekend. The Jaguars make more money than a team does a, a game does in one weekend. So you got to think about the economic impact. You got to think about what Khan's trying to do for the city. You know, nobody's trying to disrespect anything as far as the the flag. We we know what time it is. We so you know we're going off topic here at football, but uh, it, it is what it is, and and hopefully they they people can kind of we can overcome this and, and get back to football and and not be so caught up in in, in this crap as I like to call yeah. it. Um, did you see the uh, Ian Rappaport reported the Steelers are. Uh... I guess uh, Martavius Bryant is requesting a trade that he's unhappy. What do you think about making a move for that guy? Eh, I mean, yeah, we do need a receiver, but what's it going to help when he's <laughs> yeah, not going to want to come here? Yeah, what's you're he, right. Never mind. I take that back. What's he, he going to want to do here? He might go to Arizona yeah. with the rest of them because they're getting ready yeah. to do something down there. Yeah, and then Doug Marone, uh, according to Mike DeRocco, says he still has confidence in uh, Jason Myers for now. Good stuff. It's, it's, the same, <laughs> it's the same thing, man. Just, you know, you, you don't want to hurt their ego too much. Uh, and that's what I don't get. It's 
It's like you play a game for a living and you're worried about what someone's going to say after you have a bad performance. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't you be more worried about your self-critique? Like, dang, I don't want to do that again and I don't want to let my teammates down. No, see, it's just players too soft. That's why Bortles is still playing. You know, because they know that his ego is going to get brewed. He's going to be, you know, all, you know, hurt about it. And he's not going to be able to recover. Forget Bortles' last days as a member of the Jaguars. These are his last days as a player in the NFL. And I used to be on the Bortles train. I, used to, I thought he would get better. But that was about two years ago. We got to find somebody. There's some decent QBs in college. Hopefully they, they scout him well and we're able to choose one. Until then, it's just, it is what it is, man. Yep. So that's uh, been uh, an exciting podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, JK3, man, we, we, too bad you couldn't get on today's. We were kind of uh, hitting some issues a little bit harder, speaking some truth. <laughs> you know, truth. Drag route, screen route, swing route, go route. Man. B gap. I think there's like 20 other. B, no. I think there's like 20 other route combination route routes on the route tree, maybe even 30. You know, who who knows? So many teams, they have so much stuff out there. We don't know anything. We're just fans, man. But if a fan could sit here at home or at the game and tell how many routes Bortles is throwing, that's not good. <laughs> that is not good at all. Yep. Well, I guess we will uh, kind of tied up there um this has been kind of a little instant reaction episode after the 27 17 loss at home the place where we never win any games <laughs> um unless uh our home is the uk temporarily otherwise we don't win so so this has been a uh, depressing episode of down by the bank but we appreciate you guys listening and uh, helping us uh, uh through this difficult time <laughs> yeah we, we apologize so. we're not trying to talk about any any social issue this is going to be the last episode we talk about it the only reason why it came up is because a quarterback stinks and there's one available that's 10 times better than him but because of crap is the reason why he's not on the team and um this will be it we won't we yeah. won't we won't bring it up anymore that and the banners and the MAGA hats, but uh, yeah, all that good all stuff. Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Hopefully, I don't know. We'll sign. I'm not talking about it because I can't uh, talk about it. It gets me too mad, so I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we will leave it there, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at Down by the Bank, as well as on Facebook. Uh, you can obviously subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all the other major podcast platforms. If you happen to be on Apple Podcasts and would like to leave us a rating and review, we would greatly appreciate it. So that will be it for today, and we will talk to you guys next time. All right, guys, take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.